Hello, everyone. Mr. Brown with the D. Mr. Brown Show. Real talk, real life. Help me make better choices, live better life, and choose well. Could get an oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey, today is another episode of the, the D. Mr. Brown Show. Thanks for joining me today. We're going to talk about two things really quick. I'm going to give you a quote of the day, sort of a quote of the day. I'll explain why, sort of a quote of the day. Then we're going to get into cell phones. Cell phones and teenagers, or cell phones and ourselves, cell phones, just cell phones, period. We're going to talk about that um, as you join us for this episode. Thank you for joining me. And if you want to listen to this, if you're watching YouTube, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. Podcast on Spotify, all those places we listen to podcasts. And um, hey, if you're watching this, please like, subscribe, and share. And even if you're not watching, if you're listening, share it with somebody because hopefully it can help them make better choices, live better life, and choose well. Oh, yeah. This is sort of a quote of the day. I kind of taken it for myself. It, it was It's a Jordan Peterson quote. And he says something like this. He says, um, if you want your kids to grow up to be, uh, I forgot what word he used, but you got to let them do dangerous things carefully. You can't interfere when they're doing dangerous things carefully. So my quote of the day is doing dangerous things carefully. That's a good idea. Like he talked about the fact that, you know, sometimes parents want to get in the way when kids are doing dangerous things carefully, but they won't grow that way. And they have to be tough. They have to learn. They have to learn how to climb up the monkey bars and fall for the first time themselves without you getting in the way so then they can grow and do things carefully it teaches them that I, I really think about that a lot because I'm always telling my kids be careful be careful be careful I want them to be adventurous I want them to have fun but I want them to do it thoughtfully and carefully because I want them to be adventurous but I want them doing stuff to just crazy get them hurt when they're in the ER all the time and even part of that being in the ER is part of growing I can't protect them from everything but I can teach them how to do dangerous things carefully and I think that's something as parents we should do help our kids do dangerous things carefully and not just be willy-nilly with stuff, not just to be willy-nilly. I'm sounding old now, y'all, right? But not just to be careless, but do dangerous things. For an example, we went to visit some friends up in Modoc County. Shout out to the Knight family. And we got there. They have a ranch they live on and beautiful ranch. And they wanted to show our kids the ranch. And so they say, hey, do you want to get on a four-wheeler? And their nine-year-old daughter took both of my kids on a four-wheeler. And my kids were comfortable. I was comfortable because I, I, I understand that they taught her how to do this carefully. Her name is Peanut, nicknamed Peanut. Uh, Paisley's her name. But she took my kids out. Um, and, and, and she's like, yay big. My daughter's much taller than her. But she knew how to use his equipment. Not only that, they know how to shoot guns, how to ride four-wheelers, how to ride motorcycles. Because they learn how to do dangerous things carefully. And I think that's important for our kids. I think kids should learn how to shoot guns, but do it carefully. Learn the safety. Respect the things in shooting guns and riding four-wheelers. Respect the machinery. Respect the power. But you got to teach them that. So I know Jordan Peterson said, don't interfere when they're doing dangerous things carefully. I want to say, teach them how to do dangerous things carefully. I think we need to guide them, not just protect them, not, not let them do those things, but teach them early to respect these powerful machines as, as far as, you know, whether it be a four-wheeler or motorcycles or even guns or knives or teach cooking, like learning how to cook. I mean, I watch little itty-bitty kids sometime on these, uh, these uh, X Games and these little three-year-olds are riding these big powerful machines. Yeah, they get hurt sometime. But they learn how to respect the machinery, do dangerous things carefully. I think it's so important. So that's my quote today. Teach your kids to do dangerous things carefully. I think that's important. But that brings me to my next topic, which is cell phones, because I think we need to teach our kids to do that dangerous things carefully, too. That dangerous thing. Cell phones are dangerous. Think about this. We give our kids these cell phones and they can watch anything they want to in the entire world right now through these cell phones. And we give it to them. And don't give them any instructions. This can be a very dangerous tool because it, it can be a good tool in this way. It gives them access to so much stuff. But the dangerous part is 
So much stuff has access to them. And at such young ages, and I'm meeting kids in second grade, first, second grade, third grade, who have these devices, smartphones, that they can type. These kids can barely spell words, but yet they have this device that can see anything. Here's the deal. Not only can they see anything, but their friends can send them things. And so I had extensive conversations over the last two days with students about cell phones. Actually, I was talking about a different topic. Um, we were actually showing them a video from Facing Giants talking about perseverance. But as we watched this clip uh, from Facing the Giants, when if you've seen the clip, the clip when Brock has to carry this dude on his back doing what's called a death crawl. And he had to he ended up doing the whole football field. He only thought he could get to the 20 or 30, but he did the whole football field. It's a great clip about perseverance. And I learned so much from that video clip. But as we talked about this, one of the coaches brought up the idea of blinders. Shout out to Coach Watson. He brought up the idea of blinders because in that in that clip, the coach makes Brock put a blindfold on so he can't see how far he got because most of us would stop when we got so far he got to the 50 would have stopped but he didn't realize how far he was so he just kept doing and the coach made him promise to do his best and so brock ended up doing the entire football field well we talked about the idea of blinders and sometimes putting blinders on helps you focus on what you need to focus on even when i work out sometimes i put blinders on like i close my eyes when i'm on the the uh indoor bike because I have a timer and that shows me when I'm supposed to stop doing fast cycle. But I don't want to watch that because sometimes I watch it and start slowing down and not finishing strong, right? Not finishing my fast cycle uh, rotation fast enough, right? So we got talking about that. We talked about blinders. And so the question was to the students, what kind of things are distracting you that you need to put blinders on so you're not distracted? We talked about friends and I gave them a quote. Sometimes saying no to your friends means saying yes to your future. And they remember that from the assembly. Some of them remember it, but I always like to remind kids of these quotes. So we talked about friends. We talked about the crowd, other people around you who who are saying yay or nay. Some people are your fans for a minute, but those same fans will turn into your biggest critics and biggest proponents or obstacles to overcome yourself. And it's so sad because some of these students are, are succumbing to some of that pressure. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. We got to talk about social media. Then we talked about the idea of social media and cell phones. The fact that that is a huge distraction for so many of us, including us the adults. These devices have become so addictive because many of us reach for this even before there's no notification which reach for it. it 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 becomes like a security blanket and the kids agree with me they agree wow yeah you're right it becomes a security blanket not only that they get a hit of dopamine every time they pick up their phones and so do we it's kind of this reward cycle that you know being or looking at something we find something else to deal off do on our phones and we get this cycle of reward reward and these kids are struggling because their brains are still forming. And a lot of these kids are addicted to these cell phones like people can be addicted to alcohol or drugs because that's all they do all day long. And some schools don't have any requirements that kids put their phones away. And even if they do, teachers get tired of fighting kids over it. So these kids are on their phones all day long. Talked to a couple of students. They said they're average six and a half hours. One girl said she averaged six and a half hours a day on TikTok. A student today said that she averages 73 hours a week on her cell phone, not including listening to music. And so we said 73 hours, that's like 10 hours a day. What are you doing? You, if you sleep eight hours, you go to school for six hours, that's 10 hours right there. That's all that's left. And I said to her, you must be like taking showers with your phone. Yeah, I do. You take showers with your phone? That is addictive. And again, I'm not putting the students down. I made that very clear to them. I'm not putting, I want them to think. Think about what they're using these phones for or what these phones are using them for. Because I think ultimately we're under a, a social experiment with social media and cell phone use. And so I, I, I really challenge the students and I want them to think about that. And I want us as parents to think about the fact that we are the ones who gave them the phones and, and, and understanding that it belongs to them. So I told the students, I said, I hope many of you at some point get your phone taken away from you, that you just don't have access to it. And they're like, what? 
I said, because I want you to see what it is without it. So how many guys taking your, had your cell phones taken away? Hands went up. Talked to a couple students. The first girl in every class, this was coming the same responses. I said, how long did your phone taken away? About three months. How'd you feel? She said, honestly, I felt more happier without my cell phone. And several students said that they felt happier without their cell phones. Another kid said, I felt more free at a different school. I felt more free without my cell phone. But now they have it back. I said to the same girl who said, she's happy. How do you feel now? You got it back. Not that happy. They were willing to admit that a lot of the stuff that they have on these phones is leading to an unhappy life. There's a lot of research going on right now, and I think a lot of uh, the anxiety and depression comes from these cell phones because they always got to feel like they have and be and be connected. And, and who's, who's sending me messages? Who's not sending me messages? Like, I, I even see, like, I, I'm on social media, and I have a like-dislike relationship. Notice I didn't say love. I said we should love people and like things. So I have a like-dislike relationship with, with social media because I, I don't think it's a healthy platform necessarily. I think it's, there's a lot of negative things on there, a lot of comments that people don't need to hear, don't need to value as much. However, I'm on it because I want to be a positive influence. And even so far this week, I made a couple stories and uh, on Snapchat that, that were positive students. I got great reaction students. I post quotes and, and positive things on Instagram and Facebook because I want to be a positive influence. Because here's the truth. If all the good messages left those platforms, it'd be way worse than it is. And I don't think those students are actually looking for me necessarily. But if I'm just found in their feed, if they just happen to see me and they get something positive out of it, that's a plus. I made one about not uh, look, using distorted mirrors. Well, sometimes we look at distorted mirrors for our image and our value. I, I said, you know, I do those kind of quotes. I can't remember one recently that some students really, really liked and a couple people shared. But I want to be on there for positive reasons. But I'm not always on. And I don't believe this, that anybody needs access to your life 24 hours a day. And I tell students that. You don't need to be on 24 hours a day. I hope you give your cell phones up to your parents to charge them at night. So I said this to a student. I said, hey, I hope your parents, you give your cell phone to your parents at night so they can charge in the room. You can go to bed and sleep and be a kid, right? They're like, I don't trust my mom with my cell phone. I said, anything on your cell phone you don't want her to see? One kid said, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. And I said, so you have things in your cell phone that you know shouldn't be on your cell phone. He said, yeah. I said, think about this. Anytime you watch something, listen to something, even some of you are dating, you know, and there was two, two kids in a room holding hands at the time, and I wasn't putting them down for dating. I said, at this age, if you know you shouldn't be dating or you know you shouldn't be listening to this or you got something on your phone, you know it should be on your phone. Every time you date, you look at that, you listen to that, you watch that. Every time you do it, you are betraying yourself. You are betraying yourself, your own sense of worth and value and your own conscience. And if you eat against your own conscience, what will you have left? And I specifically asked this question. If you can't trust yourself, who can you trust? And they were like, nobody. I don't know if that's true or not. Because sometimes we, we don't make the best choices ourselves and we can trust other people to help us guide us. But the point is this, stop betraying yourself because that leads to a pattern of betraying yourself. And you will start you know, searing your conscience to a point where you'll be doing all kinds of things that you know you shouldn't do. And sometimes you don't even want to do because you start justifying doing wrong things and betraying your own self. So I had a conversation with students. Then I asked this question. I said, to, to, to student, I said so you, you got stuff on your phone you don't want your mom to see? He, this student said no. And I said, so why won't you want your, your phone, your mom, look at your phone? Because I don't trust her. I said, let me ask you a question. Who pays the cell phone bill? Mom. Who bought the phone? Mom. I said, whose phone is it? Mom. <laughs> I said, listen, you're not even old enough to have a contract. You're not old enough to sign a legal contract to have a cell phone service. It's your parents' phone. And they let you use it. And these kids start really thinking. And I told him, I wasn't trying to be hard on you because, listen, here's the truth. It's our fault as adults for giving this, this dangerous device without training them how to use it. We put this in their hands for several reasons. One, I think many adults put it in their hands so they can feel good about themselves that their kids aren't left out like the other kids. So my kid got a cell phone. I can afford one. 
I gave my kid a phone because he need, I, need to, I need to get a hold of him. Where is your child going to be where you don't know where he is? Where's your 11-year-old child going to be? Where's your 12-year-old child going to be where you can't get a hold of them? I don't know. Really think about that. And here's the truth. I talk to students, and many of them say they don't even talk to their parents on the phone. They, they won't even answer the phone when their parents call. And if that is your situation, because you may have the rare situation where you need to call your kid, your kids to call you, get them a flip phone. Because now they can have access to you without having access to so much other stuff. And like I said earlier, so much stuff having access to them. That becomes the problem. One parent said, well, my, my daughter's really good. She don't make those bad choices. Well, you know what? She hasn't been exposed to some stuff. Wait, she start being exposed to some things from her friends, from herself on her phone, things that show up, friends send her stuff. And, and, and even if she knows it's bad, with the fear of a phone being taken away, she might never tell you what she's been seeing, what she's been doing. And I know we said, we, well, we can put those, those nanny things on the kid's phone. You can, you can control them and, you know, uh, you can put software on the phones that, that block certain things. Yeah, I get that. But here's the, chance, here's, the, here's the question. Do they really need to have access to all that stuff right now? Is that really good in their lives right now? Because that's a whole nother thing. And again, a lot of research saying these kids are dealing with anxiety and depression because of that. Matter of fact, one student raised her hand and said, you know, I'm glad I don't have my phone anymore because my phone through social media caused me to go into an eating disorder. All these people online were telling me I'm fat and I'm ugly. So I stopped eating. I start starving myself. Is that what we want for our kids? And the thing is, the kids might not tell us because they don't want this phone being taken away from them. Some of them fight for their phones. They sleep with their phones. And we're the ones who give them the phones. In this, I'm not even judging you, but I want you to ask some questions to the parent. Does my 12, 13, 14-year-old need a cell phone right now? Are the, the cons outweighing the pros? Have you looked at their Snapchat feed? See, here's the thing. You can try to block people from finding them by making their accounts private, but you can't block what they see. You can't block what they look at. And I kind of joke with the students sometimes. I said, some of y'all be on your cell phones, mind your own business. Y'all watching yourself, looking at the cell phone, flipping through the screen. You may be looking at your cell phone going, wow, wow, whoa, 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 whoa. And when I do that, kids start cracking up because they know they've seen stuff on their phones that they didn't, they didn't, they didn't want to see. But now they've seen it, they want to see it again and again and again. And they will not tell mom or dad about it because they think that phone will be taken away. I think as parents, before we give our kids cell phones, we need to come up with some kind of contract or agreement. Number one, this is my phone. I bought it. I'm letting you use this phone. Okay. Once they get old enough, they mature enough or whatever to use the phone. And every night, this phone will be in my room. You have limits on this phone. You will only use certain things on this phone. I have access to all the passwords. I have access to all the stuff that's on your phone because whose phone is it? It's mine. And I'm legally responsible for this phone too. So it's my phone. I'm letting you use it. Because I think that's the other thing. I think maybe 11, 12, 13, too young. But when they get 14, 15, maybe 16, they start driving. Maybe there's a time to enter the phone. But even when you do that, there should be some guidelines. There should be some guardrails. Because just like when you give your kids a drive, you give them a driver's license, you help them get it. They, they are taught how to do that dangerous thing carefully, right? They do that. My wife just told me that the studies have shown that kids who go through driver's ed and do that permit thing and they learn they only can have so many people in the car, they end up doing better long term as drivers. Why? Because you taught them how to do dangerous things carefully. Are cell phones just as dangerous or more than a vehicle? I think they, I think they are. I can make an argument that they are because they can have access to so much stuff so much sooner and they're not fully mature enough to deal with it. And the truth is, some of us adults aren't fully mature enough to deal with this stuff on our cell phones. Teaching our kids to do dangerous things carefully is so important. So as a parent, what if you've given your kid a cell phone? What if you realize it's not good for them? You got to gotta take it away. Have a conversation. Yes, they'll be mad at you, but I guarantee you, I can't guarantee anything. Let me take that back. Like some of these other kids said, they were mad at first. 
But once they didn't have it, they felt freer. They felt happier. They weren't dealing with all the drama, stuff that's going on because they were able to live their lives. And I believe these cell phones are sucking the life out of our kids. I think they're sucking the life out of their youth. One kid said, when I didn't have my cell phone, I went outside and played more. I hung out with my friends more. I laughed more. I played more. I created more things. I, this, this story happens over and over again. And so over the last two days, I've been talking to so many kids who said the exact same thing. These are junior high school students. And some of them said, I haven't had my phone for two years. A sixth grader told me, I haven't, sixth grader, I haven't had my cell phone for two years. You had your cell phone in fourth grade? What? Again, I'm not, as that's you, I'm not trying to judge you. But these kids are struggling and we are the adults in the lives that they trust, that we need to help them. And, and I think a lot of the cell phone use is either texting or social media, all that kind of stuff, right? And I talked to many students about social media and I said this, did you know that some of these creators, developers, people who made these social networks do not allow their own kids on social networks. They don't let their kids on it because they know they created them to be addictive. They created them to be so addictive that they want you on the platform as long as you can. That's how they make money. So they're willing to make money off my kids, but not their own kids because they know how devastating it can be to the kids. I had the kids think about that. Really think about that. What does that say about these companies? That they care more about making money than they do your mental health, than your well-being. And that, that's probably a lot of companies, right? But think about that, students. Then I told them this. I said, listen, those algorithms that they create are, are, are made to gamify things. They want you to be addicted to them. And I said, that's why some of y'all on Snapchat, y'all will take pictures of ceilings, of walls, or whatever, to send people these empty pictures just to keep your streak going. And the kids start cracking up because they do it. They were just laughing. They, I, they, they, they send me stuff, snaps all the time. And it's just a picture of some, some wall, picture of a fan, picture of a ceiling. And I, I made a story. And I said, hey, what is this all about? And they told me, well, we do it to keep our streaks alive. It's not a game. Somebody, and one day I was out of school after I spoke. I was sitting around, I was talking to students. And this one girl had four phones, three or four phones in her hand. And they were her friend's phones. I said, what are you doing? She says, I'm keeping my friend streaks alive. So she was snapping to individual friends of her friends, just sending random pictures, random words, so they can keep their streak alive with all these different friends. They weren't even communicating. They're just playing a game, but they're addicted to it. And they feel a loss of value, a self-esteem if they lose their streak. That's not, I don't think that's healthy. And I want you to get my heart. My whole message is about choosing well, you know, better choices, better life, right? It's about having the best life you can have. And I want our students to have a better life. But I also want to encourage our parents, our adults, to step in and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I gave you this device and I didn't teach you how to use this dangerous thing carefully. I talked to a teacher today and I said, you know, next year when school starts, it would be great to you to have this conversation with your kids, help them see your point of view, see this point that I'm saying right here about how unhealthy it is. And instead of taking their phones every day when they come to school, try to get them to give you their phones. Because if you talk to them long enough and you let them see this, I believe some of them will turn their phones in when they get to school, put it down on the wherever you put a little box, put them there. And then they probably will be fine. And just to illustrate to them how freer they feel, not worrying about where it is, who, who just says something to them, because it's so addicting. I'll give you this last story before I end this, this episode. And I really, I guess my point is this. I really want us as adults to step in and help our kids because they need help. And just like that video clip I showed all day today to all these different classes, in the video clip, there was a coach helping Brock get down the, the field, helping Brock, encouraging him. Some kids thought he was annoying. The majority of kids thought he was motivating. Because he kept telling them, you can do it, you can do it. And I told the kids this, everybody needs someone in their lives who will make them do what they don't want to do so they become the person they want to become. Did you get that? We all need somebody in our lives that will make us do what we don't want to do 
encourage us, help us. And even sometimes as, as, as young age, make us. My mama made me do a whole lot of stuff I didn't want to do. Iron clothes, wash dishes, wash my clothes, clean the bathroom. All those things made me go to school. She made me learn my math. All those things she made me do. Why? So I can become the person that I wanted to become. A person who was who can clean, who can who can iron, who can who can manage money, all I, who can read, all those things. And so I told the kids that. And so you are that coach if you're a parent. You are that parent that needs to make them do stuff they don't want to do. You make them go to school. You make them do their homework. You make them sometimes do chores. I hope you make them do chores. Teach them a lot of valuable lessons. Sometimes you make them go do a sport. They're committed to a sport. They got to finish that season. Those are great things that teach your kids a lot of lessons. We got to teach them how to use these cell phones better or not use them at this age. And come come back and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I'm, I messed up. You shouldn't have it yet. But hold on. You can earn it later. Or maybe just put limits on it. Maybe get a contract in place. Here's an agreement about this cell phone. It's mine. I own it. I'm letting you use it for this period of time and this often. You can have this on your phone and not that and give them a chance. Maybe that, that's where your student is. I don't know. But let me tell you this quick story about self-control and uh, Chick-fil-A, Sam, a Chick-fil-A ice cream cone. <laughs> Call it the Chick-fil-A ice cream, stone, ice cream cone story. And I'm a shout out to my friend Blue, Blue Raby. Uh, he was traveling with me and my brother a couple years ago. We were traveling to go to different schools and speak. We went to Santa Rosa one time, spoke at about four different schools in Santa Rosa. Well, one day after an event, we went to Chick-fil-A and he was so excited because Blue, we didn't have a Chick-fil-A in Reading like we do now. So Blue was all about Chick-fil-A. So we get to Chick-fil-A and they're running this promotion. They give you a free ice cream cone after your meal. If you take your cell phones, everybody at your party who's eating with you, take their cell phones, put them in this basket and don't touch them for your entire meal. Just interact with each other. And if you made it through the whole meal, tell them that, that, that you did that and they'll give you a free ice cream cone. They were trying to really encourage families to spend time together because they see like we see people eating down, eating together on their cell phones, people hanging out at coffee shops, everybody on their cell phone. So we did it. We had to put our phones, me, Travis and, and Blue, we put our cell phones in there. We began to interact, eat our meal. Right. And it was so funny because I had this record. I have to find a recording, but I set up my my uh, GoPro at the time and it recorded us. And what it recorded was Blue. He kept reaching for his phone. He just, he just kept reaching for it. Like, like it wasn't, he wasn't even in his pocket, but he kept reaching for it. And he started laughing because he didn't realize how often he reached for his phone and he kept doing it. And he was laughing. So we interviewed him. I got, the, I got the video somewhere. Hopefully we didn't lose the video clip and maybe I'll post somewhere in the future. But, but he, he was laughing at himself that he didn't realize how addicted he was to picking up his phone. Then he got in trouble with his girlfriend because he didn't answer her, her text for like a half hour. Anyway, the point is this, all of us, can, can use some uh, self-discipline when it comes to cell phones. But as adults, as parents, as leaders, we need to help our kids because I think this generation is really, really struggling. And I think they don't see it and some of us don't see it. The cause of some of their anxiety, the depression, their pain, um, the drama in their lives is coming from these cell phones. And I think we're introducing them too early. That's my personal opinion. But what can we do about it? Because I don't want to just point out what you're doing wrong. What can we do? How can we influence them? At the end of the day, I want them to be empowered to understand themselves. And some of the kids say, yeah, I turn my cell phone off. I don't use certain times of the day. I challenged a couple students at the end of the day yesterday. If they could see if they could not touch their cell phones from the time school was out so they got home and after dinner. And one girl says she didn't touch her phone till 10 o'clock that night. And I'm not saying cell phones are bad. I'm not saying in themselves are bad. They're tools that can be used for good or for bad, but they also can be addicting. 
So I want us to really think about that as parents, as adults, those who give these devices to our kids. Sometimes I think too young because we want to help them make better choices because that's all about life. Life's all about making better choices to live a better life. I don't want to say all about it. I mean, because life is really about God because we've been created by God and for God. Yes. But even that is a choice. So I think I want our students to understand that. And I want you to understand that. So maybe this episode is for you. Maybe it's for a friend of yours. Share with somebody. Maybe your students need to hear somebody else tell them what you've been telling them already. But if you the mom or dad, look, you pay the bills. Take the cell phone back. <laughs> Do it nicely. Don't yell at them. You know, again, like I said, you may be apologizing for that. You, you didn't think about this ahead of time because they've been so they are so addicted to it. Maybe even help them see for themselves that they may be addicted to these cell phones and help them detox from the cell phone. So with that said, I'm in this episode of the Mr. Brown show. Again, if you want to listen to these on a podcast, subscribe to our podcast on Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, or anywhere else. Cause we're on a bunch of platforms that you get your podcast. So until then, when you make better choices, you live a better life. I almost forgot what to say <laughs> until then, when you make better choice, you live a better life. So choose well. Oh yeah. Peace.